Hello, this is Eric Schultz for the Jersey Arts Podcast. This is one of the most famous rhythms in classical music. It's from Igor Stravinsky's ballet Rite of Spring, which stunned audiences and practically caused a riot in Paris in 1913. For the 100th anniversary of those first performances, choreographer Douglas Martin has created an entirely new version of the work for the American Repertory Ballet Company based in Princeton. They'll debut the work on March 23rd at Raritan Valley Community College and on April 5th at the South Orange Performing Arts Center. I spoke with Douglas Martin at the end of American Rep's second week of intensive rehearsal. Douglas, uh, thank you for being here. Tell me, tell me first of all, what happened back in 1913? And what was it about Rite of Spring that made it so, so new, novel, so incredibly shocking? So the Rite of Spring debuted uh, 100 years ago, and uh, it was a huge event because of the music, and the Ballet Russe was um, gaining its height uh, of popularity. And so what made the dance so unusual was that they hadn't seen this modern form, uh, this pagan kind of um, ritual movement. They expected ballerinas on point, like Les Sophies or like Sleeping Beauty. Or if you're going to do a theater piece more like um, Petrushka, they still want to recognize the traditional dances. And to have people stomping around like Neanderthals, you know, it took them aback. And then, of course, there's the premiere of this music. Uh, Stravinsky in Firebird and in um, Petrushka was working up to this modernism, but this took everybody by surprise. Douglas, you have a very personal connection to that original 1913 performance. Obviously, you weren't there 100 years ago, but you did dance in the Joffrey Ballet's famous 1987 recreation of Nijinsky's original choreography. Tell me about that experience. How did it come about? I was very fortunate to be dancing with the Joffrey Ballet, and in 1987, um, Mr. Uh, Joffrey finally had the chance to bring Millicent Hodgson in. She had been working on the ballet since 1971. He had talked to Marie Rambert in 1955 about the ballet. And so he met um, Millicent in 71, and she had talked about the project, and he encouraged her. And then they had conversations throughout that period. And finally, it took all that time, 17 years, for her to research the ballet. And she finally got it together and was ready to do it. And so in 1987, uh, in Iowa City, uh, at the University of Iowa, we started the rehearsal process in the middle of the summer. And it, it took four weeks for her to stage the ballet on us with all of us contributing our abilities to making sure that it could happen. The dance was as shocking to us, not because we hadn't done you know, pagan-like movement and, and other companies had done Rite of Spring. So there's that carnal, lustful, you know, um, humanism that you bring to it. 
um, to that music. So the concept wasn't so far out there. But all of a sudden, we were pigeon-toed, which was hard. It's quite physical. And, you know, you're pounding away, and these beats and this music is just unexplainable until you go through the process of learning the ballet and describing the music, which is exactly what Nijinsky did. So the, the most amazing part to me, though, was not any of that process. We're used to doing that and listening to music and figuring it out as dancers. The most amazing process was watching the women in the second movement pound out those beats. It's really just shockingly um, animalistic, and the power from the women always stunned us. We used to stand in the wings. On the hundredth performance of it, we would stand in the wings and watch them for the sheer power and aggressiveness they were um, portraying. Now, 25 years after you danced Rite of Spring with the Joffrey Ballet, you've created your own version for the American Repertory Ballet, and you've chosen to set it in a very different time and place from the original. Tell me about your new version. Well, I've set it in an ad agency um, in an office in 1961 because as I thought about the 100th anniversary coming up and I wanted to do a Rite of Spring, um, then I thought, well, what's different? Uh, I thought Nijinsky did a fine job describing the libretto that they had set up, the concept for um, each section of music um, that Rorsch and Stravinsky came up with, and Nijinsky followed that. But he did create his version of what they would be doing in those sections. And so knowing that intimately and knowing the music, I had to think to myself, well, then what's different? What do people do, other companies do? What do I think is right about the original? What I thought was right about the original was the libretto, the fact that there was a story and the fact that Nijinsky followed it. So I thought, okay, so how do you do that? So I want to follow that story, but I don't want to do it as a Russian pagan right. So why don't I show the um, pagan ritual that we all have every day? We're still the same people. So put that same libretto in a modern-day office. And I chose uh, 1961 because I thought that that was a fun, fashionable era. And also I felt that the, the office roles for men and women were still somewhat tribal, whereas um, that glass ceiling hopefully has exploded. But we, we worked very hard to eliminate that glass ceiling. I, I don't think in 1961 that there were uh, any limiting of that that glass ceiling at all. <laughs> uh, Douglas, I'm wondering if you were tempted to incorporate movements from the original 1913 version since you are so familiar with it. Um, in following the libretto, um, I would have to say that you can't escape bringing elements in, um, not necessarily of Nijinsky's steps. My, my concept for the steps is, is original except that there were certain moments that I enjoyed performing and uh, I loved certain powerful movements and I thought, okay, well, how do I incorporate that and what's the concept behind that step in the office? How does that work in the office? And so I had concepts for the dancers. Uh, if the paper's down, we have to bend over and pick up the piece of paper. So maybe I use that step, bending over and picking up the paper and reading it and picking up the next one. So anything that I did bring in from the original, I wanted it to have a a contemporary um, reason behind it that worked in that office space. How has it been for you to make the transition from dancer to choreographer? Um, I think 
In order to be a choreographer, you have to, you have, to have a story inside you, whether it's just a pure story of dance or it's a narrative that you want people to follow. And um, to be perfectly honest, um, I had no idea I was a choreographer, but um, I've been given the opportunity to choreograph here probably for the last 15 years on and off. And while working with many of the great choreographers that I got to work with, the, um, the process was always something I really enjoyed and tried to contribute when asked. So it's always been very, very easy for me to contribute to others and so then after 34 years of dancing and ballet mastering and directing, you get to the point where it's just kind of a natural step. You know what the processes are. And so it's just a matter of trying your hand and seeing if there's something inside that you have to say. How are you feeling about the ballet so far now that you're in your second week of rehearsal? Um, it's an amazing um, work of music. And what I've realized in the process, setting all these counts and, and listening to all the different beats with the dancers, um, what I'm most aware of is no matter how beautifully they do my step, it's about the music. Because if any individual isn't dancing to the music or if they're slightly off or if they miss something, you don't see the step. You only see the step when it's done perfectly to those fabulous beats and those sounds. Other than that, and getting back past the ballet master in me that drills the dancers and gets them on the count with their leg at a certain height. Um, I'm pretty tickled by it, actually. Um, I'm having a fun time just standing back and watching their reactions to the movement and how, um, how they just perform what I've given them. Because I've asked a lot of them as a performance. It's not just a step ballet. They have to be an office girl, or they have to be the personal secretary, or they have to be the admin in that office, and I, I really want them to portray that personality. So that's the fun for me. From your perspective, what are the most important themes in Rite of Spring, and how have you translated them into a modern business office? It is completely, without a doubt, about tribal life and the ritual of tribal life. So the first section in the original was the youths and it was about the seasons and people working together. It, we had something called um, uh, rival tribes and so we came in and we mocked battle and uh, then there was something called the abduction. Well, all those things happened, right? They went over to the other tribe, stole the women. <laughs> yeah, they had to pr practice fighting. They had to grow their crops. They had to deal with the animals. There's all those different things in tribal life. And the second half was the spiritual end of it. You know, can't control the weather, can't control earthquakes. So better sacrifice some girl <laughs> in order to have a little control over that. If we really do that, then that gives us control. And so how do you bring that into modern time? Well, we have the first part everyone's relationship in the office. Uh, you know, from the power of maybe the femininity of the women over the men, or how well they do the job, to the success of the men in the office place, and how that puts them in a, hier in a hierarchy. And so then you go from there into the second half, and I've tried to explain that sacrifice by, there's a definite separation of what you do in the office and what you don't do. And when the new secretary comes in and they explain to her, don't fall in love with the suit, and she slips, 
and she has an inner office affair, then she's ousted. And so that's the sacrifice. The American Repertory Ballet's Rite of Spring, choreographed by their artistic director, Douglas Martin, debuts at Raritan Valley Community College on March 23rd and at the South Orange Performing Arts Center on April 5th. For more information about the arts in New Jersey, visit jerseyarts.com. The Jersey Arts Podcast is made possible by the New Jersey State Council on the Arts, supporting excellence and public engagement in the arts since 1966. This is Eric Schultz for the Jersey Arts Podcast.